for your leadership, Pastor Katie. We are continuing on in our Moses sermon series. Um, we're picking up now uh, at the end of the ninth plague uh, when God is giving the instructions for, after God has given the instructions for the Passover and when the Passover actually happens, which comes from Exodus chapter 12, verses 29 through 39. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. Pharaoh arose in the night, he and all of his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was a loud cry in Egypt. For there was not a house without someone dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron in the night and said, Rise up, go away from my people, both you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you said. Take your flocks and your herds as you said, and be gone, and bring a blessing on me too. The Egyptians urged the people to hasten their departure from the land, for they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, with their kneading bowls wrapped up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The Israelites had done as Moses had told them. They had asked the Egyptians for jewelry of silver and gold and for clothing, and the Lord had given people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. And so they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed crowd also went up with them and livestock in great numbers, both flocks and herds. They baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt. It was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, as we hear about this thing that happened long ago, we pray that you would make it relevant for us today. so that we ha may have a better uh, understanding or awareness of who you are. And who we are is yours. It's in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray. Amen. At midnight... The Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. The Lord told Moses this was going to happen. The Lord prepared Moses to prepare the Israelite people so that they would not suffer the same fate as the Egyptians. 
the Lord prepared Moses and the Israelites so that as a result of the Lord striking down all of the firstborns in the land, Moses and his people could flee to freedom. The Lord did this. And as much as we want to, to, to clap and, and, and to celebrate the escape from slavery, as much as we want to, to clap and to celebrate Moses and his crew doing what the Lord had bid them to do, we need to be real about a thing or two as well. Like, since we are not Israelites, if we were there then, many of us would be dead. Many of our children would be dead. And the Lord did it. It's one thing for it to happen to Pharaoh. It's one thing for it to happen to, to, to the members of Pharaoh's cabinet. They kept blood on their hands. Before it to happen to, to the prisoner, for it to happen to the other slaves in the land of Egypt who were not Hebrew, because there were other slaves in Egypt who were not Hebrew, for it to happen to them, this does not fit our concept of justice. This does not fit our concept of what deliverance should look like. The death of innocent firstborns bothers us, and it should. But the Lord did it. All in the name of rescuing his chosen people through the leader Moses. The Lord did it. Now friends, I, I wish that I could provide an easy answer that would ease our hearts and minds. I wish I could provide some sort of a response that allows this story to fit into our modern concept of justice or our concept of how uh, we think deliverance should happen, but I can't. The fact of the matter is, is that we are not God, and our justice is not God's justice. The fact of the matter is, the common people in Egypt, which we most likely would have been, were unfortunate participants in the fortunate change of fortune for God's people, the Israelites. The common people of Egypt were unfortunate and unwilling participants in God's fulfilling of God's promise to Moses, which is a continuation of God's promise to Abraham. Abraham, who once, almost willingly, sacrificed his own son, though technically not his firstborn, at the direction of God. Do you remember the story? God promises to make out of Abraham this 
this, this great nation that's going to come from Abraham and his descendants. God promises, God promises that, that Abraham and his lineage will occupy a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And, and if, if that phrasing sounds familiar, it should, because that is what God uh, tells Moses when he first calls Moses out of the burning bush. He says, once you leave Egypt... You and your people will occupy a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the same land. It's the same promise. But back to Abraham, though. He and his wife, Sarah, they, they go through a lot, including not having a child with one another, although they want it to. So one day God shows up and God tells them that they're going to have a baby. And they laugh because at this point, they are well beyond childbearing years. But sure enough, God's promises are true, and they have a child, and they name him Isaac. And then one day, sometime later on down the road, after Isaac is born, the Lord says, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. And the Lord says, take Isaac who you love. And sacrifice him on the mountain. And do it for me. And Abraham is obedient. He leads his son Isaac up on the mountain. And he builds an altar to sacrifice his son to the Lord. And Isaac looks around and Isaac says, Dad... I see the altar, and I see the stuff for a burnt offering, but I don't see the lamb. And Abraham says, son, the Lord will provide. And just as Abraham starts to put his own son on the altar, the Lord calls out, Abraham, Abraham. And he responds, here I am, Lord. The Lord says, do not harm your child. And then a, a ram appears tangled up in a bush. And Abraham then has a, a worthy sacrifice and his son is spared. And Isaac and Abraham, they go back down the mountain together. Awkwardly, I imagine. <laughs> and life goes on. And one day, Isaac has a son who will one day be named Israel. And from Israel comes this great nation, God's chosen who Moses leads out of Egypt as many people grieve over the loss of their children who were unwilling sacrifices. The Lord did it. Abraham almost willingly gave up his child for the sake of the Lord, but he didn't have to. So we will never actually know whether he would go through with it or not. The Egyptians, be they commoners or royalty, 
they did not willingly give up their children for the sake of God's people. I mean, who would willingly give up their child? The Lord did. The Lord did it. On a cross turned an altar, the lamb was slain for the Israelites, for the Egyptians, for you, and for me, for the Lord. So that all of God's people, regardless of their lineage, could be reconciled to God's self. And it's just as hard to comprehend as why it would be that God would kill the firstborn in the land of Egypt. It will always be hard to comprehend because we are not God. Thanks be to God that we are not God. And in life, we may never experience plagues or the divine destruction of life. But rest assured, we will experience bad things. And bad things happen quickly, just as they did that night in Egypt. On any given night, your life can change forever in an instant. Bad things happen quickly. Good stuff, though. Good stuff takes longer to develop. It's no wonder why our news cycles are the way they are. Quick, bad stuff. How much bad stuff can we fit in five minutes? Bad stuff happens quick. Good stuff takes longer to develop. What will this look like in a hundred years? What will this look like in 20 generations. Bad things are going to happen. But good things will too. And it is because of Christ that now when bad things happen, we can view them from the perspective of the cross. Our suffering now takes the shape of a cross. God does not rain down calamity on us. Instead, God shares in our calamity because God suffers with us. And because of that, the last thing that will happen to us will never be the worst thing that ever happens to us. But this was not our fate. Our fate was to be like that of the firstborns, but God intervened. The Lord did it once and for all. What a fortunate change of fortune. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that there are some things that we will never understand. 
concluding why it is that you would see fit to give up your only for the sake of us and ours. Thank you for all that that we do not understand. It's in the name of your Son that we pray. Once again, all God's people saved.